Hey everyone, welcome back to the Intro Me podcast. On this episode, I sit down with Liz Grams, who is the campus recruiting manager at Baker Tilly, and just have such a delightful, fun conversation. Learn a lot about how their virtual internship program worked this year and uh, how, as she works directly with uh, students on campus, what she sees and what she shares as her three tips to success in landing your career that go, uh, those tips that go beyond just the resume. Um, She also talks uh, about jumping out then back into the business world, the journey of her career and how that all ties into what she's doing today. Uh, Like I said, super fun conversation and really learned a lot. Uh, Jump into this one and then head over to intro.me to learn more about us. Hey, Liz, welcome to the Intro Me podcast. You're on video. This is awesome. Wonderful. Steve, <laughs> thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor. I'm so excited. Um, it's funny how uh, we connected on LinkedIn and then realized we have all these people we know in common and, and telling stories. And um, uh, so that's always great to uh, realize just how closely connected everyone really is in, in real life. So uh, welcome to the show. I'm excited for a number of reasons. One, uh, because of your focus on early stage talent. I love that. And so your perspective is going to be super helpful for our listeners in uh, how they start their career, how they get off the ground. Um, And I'm excited because you recently, uh, uh, you've been running or have just recently completed a a virtual internship program, and I'm not going to steal any of your thunder. We'll get into that. Um, but maybe we start with some context on sort of overall, what's the 20,000 foot view of your role at Baker Tilly? Absolutely. Um, so I am proud to work for Baker Tilly where my day-to-day role is really helping find amazing students, um, straight from campus, find internship opportunities, um, or full-time job opportunities with Baker Tilly, which is a leading international accounting firm. Um, and I support our Milwaukee office and our Appleton office. And I also co-manage a team um, that leads recruitment throughout the entire central region of the U.S. Wow. That's a lot of work. It is, but Steve, it's so fun. And there is nothing better than connecting with college students that are so invigorated so very enthralled in their studies and life on campus and really just ready to take the world by storm. Yes. So it, it, I mean, really is just a blast. So I imagine you, um, you do see a lot of that, right? A lot of uh, super enthusiastic go-getters and maybe even uh, some on the other side. Um, but but look, let's focus on on sort of the things and, and beyond the resume, outside the resume, what are some things that you see that uh, people or students or people early in their career are doing well to get that their career kickstarted? Absolutely. So as you can imagine, I see millions of resumes, meet thousands of students, um, and it's very imperative if you are a student vying for that internship or job opportunity to stand out. And what I've noticed over my years of doing this is there's probably three key components to standing out. 
Um, the first is to show up early. And I don't necessarily mean show up early to the event or the interview, though that is really important too. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, you know, showing up early on a recruiter's radar. So especially in the accounting world, we start our relationships with students very early on um, in their college journey. So often, you know, that freshman, definitely by sophomore year. So to be engaged in your specific major programs, clubs, competitions surrounding your major and area of interest as early as you can um, is super key. So that would be number one. Number two, just be prepared, you know, have your resume rock and look the part, uh, be confident, smile, really sell yourself. And that leads me to number three, have a really compelling story and experience to back it up. It's almost like the way you describe it, they've got to be almost entrepreneurial in the way they pitch themselves. 100%. But those are the students that stand out, Mm -hmm. that I meet him or her, and I'm like, oh my gosh, wow, they have to be at Baker Tilly 100%. That's awesome. And you know what? I just want to say on a side note, your enthusiasm is awesome. Uh, (laughs) I even feel it in your LinkedIn posts, from not just just from you, but from even the other people on your team or or that you work with. You can feel like the uh, passion for working there. It's awesome. I appreciate that. Um, We do put, and probably even more so since, you know, COVID occurred, um, a lot of thought into our presence on social media, just because it's how we all live, breathe, get our information. Um, But I would say in conjunction, it's extremely genuine. Uh, You don't work at Baker Tilly if you don't truly enjoy it. Um, And the passion is absolutely contagious. That's cool. I mean, I'm feeling it. I don't even work there. So. (laughs) Um, I haven't even finished my first full cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, how so? In thinking of that, in wooing, the, you know, these the best and brightest over there. You just are you still running the virtual internship, or did it recently end? I know all these That's programs are on different schedules. So it's very true. It really is. Um, and when the pandemic occurred, you know, companies took different approaches. Mm-hmm. Some scratched it entirely, some moved it, some shortened it. Um, Everyone obviously had to move it virtual if they did keep it, which is exactly what we did. You know, it was very important for us as Baker Tilly to give our summer interns that opportunity that we promised them, you know, and we we would never go back on that promise. Mm -hmm. Um, What we did is we took a typical in-office eight-week-long internship and shortened it to five weeks. Um, however, that five weeks was, you know, unfilled 100%. Their schedule was jam-packed, um, but it absolutely included real client work, which is what they would have done in office and really it would, is their key to seeing what day-to-day life is in public accounting at Baker Tilly. Um, aside from the work aspect, we definitely inserted a lot of fun um, and really awesome networking opportunities that they may not have had traditionally in office. Um, And I'll give you a quick example. We did a lunch and learn virtually every single week throughout the five-week period. And some of those topics um, included panels around different subject matters. And the neat part about the panel is that we were able to pull in 
say, a partner from our Minneapolis office and a senior manager from our New York office um, and an associate from our Chicago office, which is where our world headquarters is. Um, and that could be delivered to an intern who might have been interning in the Milwaukee office and would have never interacted with anyone in the Minneapolis, New York, or Chicago office otherwise. That's amazing. Um, so I think for them to have that perspective and that networking opportunity um, was just exceptional. So it's really neat to give them that chance. Yeah, a way to leverage, you know, what could be a very um, challenging uh, scenario and making it great. Um, because, yeah, I think in some cases people – it's it's easier to access some people and um and to cross office it like that is super beneficial for those interns i think so too and it just made it more fun more interesting you know we as humans are social by nature and if you think of taking a live in-person internship um, which sounds like a really neat opportunity for a student and saying, oh, just kidding, you're just going to be in your bedroom or your <laughs> living room with a laptop that will send you. That could be pretty dull yeah. and really boring. Um, so I think we definitely went the extra mile to ensure that not only would it be engaging and interesting, but that they would get a lot of value out of it. Um, and not just, you know, lunch and learns. We definitely did a ton of check-ins, opportunities for them to network. And each of our interns teams really did a phenomenal job by incorporating, you know, virtual coffee chats, team happy hours to welcome the intern, to send them off, to connect along the way, um, you know, virtual games. We did a Pictionary game. We did a scavenger hunt game that incorporated all of Baker Tilly's values and also added a nice competitive edge. Um, so they definitely weren't bored. I assure you that. <laughs> yeah. I think two things, you know, you, you, you talked earlier about how you assess the students and who's ready who's who's at the top of their game i think it seems like you're very aware the students are doing the same they're looking at the company and saying is this a place i want to work and why and you've got to bring your a game as well in these first impressions and it sounds like you did I, i'm pretty sure um uh interns from other places who are listening are pretty jealous right now that of the program yeah um Funny, but we, yeah, we definitely strive to bring our A-game, and you're right. Students, um, you know, now more than ever are assessing the employer just like we assess them. It's 100% a two-way street. Yes. So speaking of interns, what was your first professional job, and how did you land it? Absolutely. It's a great question. Um, so I attended Marquette University, and I had a great professor, Silvo Rath. Um, he and I, funny enough, just due to how my schedule was laid out, had back-to-back -back class, Mondays and Wednesdays. I still remember PR writing and business-to-business -business marketing <laughs> for three hours on Monday, three hours on Wednesday, oh so yeah. six hours a week. Um, really got to know him and his business, which he shared with his wife. It was called Volrath Associates, so mm -hmm. it was a PR firm right in Cathedral Square in downtown Milwaukee, um, and I saw close to kind of the midpoint um, of my senior year of college. They posted a job opportunity. I applied, interviewed, and that is really where I got my foot in the door and had a great first career experience in the business world. That's cool. Um, leveraging relationships is always important. And especially, Everything. you know, I tell people you, you never know 
when you're, you're on a job interview. And it goes, like we talked earlier, it goes both ways. You were, you were kind of interviewing him. He's kind of interviewing you and whether you know it or not. And then when the opportunity came up, you, you knew faster if it was a fit or not. So, so, uh, and I just have to say a disclaimer. We have, we, I've been having these great guests and they're all super, they're doing great things and they're super intelligent and it's just a coincidence they happen to come from Marquette. I've had so many Marquette people on. It's so it's not I'm not just going to Marquette to ask, you know, who should be on the podcast, but it's just a coincidence. Um so thinking about your career or uh early or current, um we all get a lot of advice. People telling us what we should do, what we should think about um when we're getting started or even when we're making a change later on. Is there any advice you're you're glad you ignored and or, you know, did it relate to any of, you know, your best mistake or anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. And that's something I've thought about a lot, you know, over the course of my career. Um, but, you know, I, I went to university at Marquette, graduated with a degree in PR, just could not wait to break into the business world uh-huh. and, you know, held that first job opportunity um, got a second opportunity in more marketing project management, and then a, a chance at a lifelong dream came up. Um, I had danced my whole life since I was three, and I had a chance to audition for the Milwaukee Bucks dancers, you know, an NBA dance team. And I was excited, but I was also very nervous at what that might do to my career. You know, my career was always my focus, always my number one foot. In the back of my mind, I'm like, oh my gosh, I would love, you know, the chance to try it out. Um, so I went to the audition in secret and only told my mom. <laughs> <laughs> and then after, gosh, a week or two of tryouts, when I made the team, I was like, oh shoot, <laughs> I wasn't actually planning on making it. <laughs> so that, you know, I could continue working corporately and um, kind of came to terms with the fact that this is a dream of mine. Um, and I chose to pursue it and temporarily leave the corporate world. And it was a struggle and certain individuals, you know, thought that wasn't the right move. You know, I should have just stayed the course. I was going on a great track um, and continuing to excel on the career side of my life. But the personal side of my life and my passion for dance and entertainment um, you know, was still very prevalent. So I took three years truly as a kind of a break from the corporate world um, and focused on the Milwaukee Bucks. And it was the best mistake, if you will, I could have ever made. That's it awesome. truly set me up for um, the rest of my career. And that job with the Bucks has helped me in really every other aspect. Um, and I'll get into that a little bit, uh-huh. but has helped me to get to where I am today. How did you jump back from that? Awesome question. Because it's a big diversion, right? Yeah. Oh, it it would appear to be, but maybe it's not. Yeah, exactly. Kind of out of the business world for, you know, maybe two and a half, three years. Um, So what I did upon, you know, entering back, I kind of had my three years, felt really good, checked the box. um, And I thought long and hard, do I want to get back into PR? You know, do I want to do more project management? sales, fundraising, what really makes me tick. Um, And I did an exercise that I recommend to a lot of students that are unsure 
on their career path. And what I did is I made a list of all the industries or job opportunities I was interested in, just like the ones I just listed. And then a person, maybe a family friend or someone I know from the business world to have coffee with that's in each of those industries. And I just said, hey, would you have coffee with me? I would love to ask you about your role. The good, the bad, the ugly. What do you love about your day? What do you hate about it? How is your industry looking? Are there opportunities? If so, you know, are they profitable? Would I be able to maintain a salary and have a life, et cetera? Um, and just did a lot of data gathering. And through that process, for me personally, came to the conclusion that recruitment is my best personal job because it combines a lot of elements that I love. It combines sales. I'm selling an opportunity to a candidate. It provides marketing. I'm marketing the opportunity to the candidate, but I'm also marketing my candidate to the client. Right. In this case, Baker Tilly. Um, and PR, 100%, you're wrapping it up in a nice package and and presenting um, you know, the opportunity and also being a presenter or representative of your company, mm-hmm. um, which is something the Bucks taught me to do very well in addition. So through that exercise, it led me to recruiting. Um, I got into manpower, started off in recruitment, um, and the rest is history from there. Wow. You know, two jobs later, and with Baker Tilly. Nice. And you, and so you've pretty much orchestrated your own job shadows. Hundred percent. That's so cool. I highly recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I want to get into something. Uh, I love this part of the the uh, uh, every episode when we talk about buzzwords. And we really uh, unveil, you know, sort of reveal the buzzwords people don't like. So what is what is the one or two buzzwords that you maybe dislike the most? I used to say what that you hate, but it, it hates a strong word. So like, like the ones that just maybe bug you a little bit, you know? Absolutely. I would say, oh gosh, this is such a hot buzzword I know right it now, is. It, it's driving me crazy. It's fluid. <laughs> I'm very, very over the word fluid. Um just because I think, you know, in our day-to-day world, we are always going to have crazy challenges thrown at us. That's why we get paid. Right, right. <laughs> Work through those, you know, interesting, unique, sometimes difficult situations. And it's always going to be fluid. You know, we're, we're all doing our best. Um, and it just kind of drives me crazy. I'm like, <laughs> we're all in this together. Let's throw fluid out the window. We're all very capable. We can do it. <laughs> Um, okay, that's the first time fluid came up. So that yeah, oh, cool. we've only had one repeat. It was uh, I think it was uh, big data people. Okay. Yeah, the buzzword. Okay. Um, what is speaking of buzzwords, networking? What does that mean to you? I'm sure you've got a different perspective. It it might networking just might be like how you live anyway, because you're always trying to get connected, or just naturally. I'm sure you're just a natural connector. Um, what does networking mean to you maybe from, a, you know, whatever perspective that makes sense? Yeah, that's a great point. And you're totally on target. That is how I really internalize networking. I don't like to think of it as a, a thing or as, you know, a, an object or something you need to achieve. Networking is the way I enjoy living day to day. And it is being honest and open to connection, as you mentioned, and friendly and just embracing, you know, each person and each opportunity um, as it comes to you. Yeah, I love that because 
And it's been the theme of the answer to that question across, I think there's a lot of pressure we put on ourselves or that others put on us about networking, you know, get ready, have your business card ready, have your 30 second pitch, you know, go after it, you know, collect seven business cards at this event. And I think it really just comes down to just being people and being normal and being yourself. And um, so that's, yeah, that's really important. And um, speaking of networking, and if you think back to your, you know, maybe how you were networking with your teacher, you're uh, at Marquette. So Liz, the student, and how you got your first your first gig into what you do today. What's the link? What do you look back and say? Oh, that I how you know I solved this problem before, you know, or something like that. What's the link from back then to today with your current role? First, as a point of advice, you don't get your dream job typically right out of school. You know, maybe some people do, but I would say that's more few and far between. Mm -hmm. Um, The link is that each opportunity you get, you know, really grab it by the horns, do your absolute best, push yourself, um, but take what you learn from that first job and bring it with you to your second job and your third and so on. And you'll see once you are further along in your career, you'll be able to look back and say, okay, from my job with Volrath Associates in PR, I learned really solid writing skills Mm -hmm. and communication. From my job at Keller Slater, I learned excellent project management skills and how to manage up. Um, At my job with the Bucks, I learned how to be a representative for a company. My job with Marcus Hotels, I learned human connection and creativity within the workplace. And that brought me to Baker Tilly. So it's that set of skills and you'll gain a specific skill or two, you know, a really strong skill or two from each of your jobs. And it will help you to get to your dream job along the way. I love it. It's a, it's a, you gave such a great example there on uh, something that was echoed in Gwen Peters from Rockwell, who was on an earlier episode. She said, and talked about getting transferable skills from from role to role that build on, like you said, build on each other. And before you know it, you look around, and you're like, holy cow, I'm in my dream job. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So that's really great advice. Um, all right. Now it's time for. This is your favorite part. Yes, it is. <laughs> Rapid fire. Because uh, I, I think I learn a lot about people. Uh in the first part of the episode, but this is where you really, you really get to know the real person. Uh, yeah. So, um, it, you know the rules. There are no rules. Whatever comes to mind, whatever your answer is, is, is that, and there's no judgment. We just listen to the answer. So, rapid fire number one. What are you reading, watching, or listening to at the moment that you'd recommend to someone who's launching their career? So I am an avid reader of The Skim. Um, I'm sure you've heard of this newsletter before, but it is an e-newsletter you can sign up for a daily created by two female entrepreneurs, and they take world cultural political events that are going on right now on an international and national scale and break it down into digestible topics that um, say I'm not a political expert that I can understand right. um, and be able to chat with someone casually about. 
um, that it comes to my inbox every single morning pretty early, which is great because I'm an early bird. Um, <laughs> so I have it with my coffee and I just feel really ready to take on any conversation. Um, and I think that that is really empowering for anyone that is interviewing or networking um, or looking to just build a strong structure of people around them. I'm sold. I'm, I'm subscribing today. 100%. Yeah, yeah. These women are amazing. And their podcast, too, is absolutely fantastic. And they call it Skim from the Couch because that's where they launched the app, which is just really fun. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> from their couch. <laughs> okay. So... Dancing has to be a pretty physical activity. And plus, you are, I would imagine, you have to be high energy throughout your day as a representative of the organization. So what's your go-to food when you need a boost? This is so embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> because I am super into fitness. Um, I'm also a part-time cure bar instructor just once a week. Um, it's your bar waiters day, but workout, you know, every single morning. So this snack is embarrassing. Um, but my team knows this for sure. I love like a good little bowl of chocolate chips in the afternoon. I just need it. <laughs> they're dairy free. So they're healthy. They're yeah, right, healthy. Right. <laughs> but I just, I just need just a little chocolate yes. after lunch, super guilty. Um, but I will own up to it. 100%. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Um, yeah, we've heard everything. So there's, like I said, no judgment. So Instagram or TikTok? I'm 100%. Way more visually appealing, a lot of good info, helps your creativity, and you can just, you know, get a little five-minute Instagram break and, yeah. and then get back into what you're doing. Cool, cool. Uh, favorite podcast? I really I love this one now, and I'll tell you why. Yes. Because your podcasts are shorter oh this than... one like this actual yeah yeah, yeah. thank you totally thank Love you it. um but other than that this one is a guilty pleasure yeah. it's called the city confidential if you've heard of it no um Lauren Everett Bostic is the creator. She's a blogger, but I love her content because she brings on thought leaders, leaders in wellness, leaders in diet and nutrition, many entrepreneurs, um, a lot of famous authors. So the collection of people is really diverse. Um, and it's also a lot about she'll bring in experts on how to be very productive and descriptive with your time and time management. Uh, nice. which is a big interest to me. Awesome. Um, and thanks for the shout on us too. So I, I, I mean, I believe it 100%. So 20 minutes is super digestible. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> we try. Um, YouTube or Hulu? I am not huge into either, to be honest. Okay. Not a big TV watcher. If I have some free time, I'm like pre-COVID, right? Out and about in Milwaukee. Yeah, enjoying yeah. Our very, I, I can see you as being ac active and out there just roaming around. Um, if you had a talk show, who would be your very first guest? Totally. Someone on a previous podcast mentioned Michelle Obama, which I would have loved, but we have to be original. Yes. Uh, so my, <laughs> my, oh, 100%, yeah. my go-to person um, would be Tim Grover and he may have been a little more unknown until recently, um, but Tim is a trainer. He was a trainer for Michael Jordan. So he appeared on the Last Dance series mm -hmm. that aired about a month or two ago. 
and this guy is just phenomenal business person, entrepreneur, but he is so motivational. Um, his book, Relentless, 100% changed my life. Okay. And he is just such a go-getter. Like he inspires you to wake up in the morning and just like get after it. So Tim Grover, if you're listening to this. <laughs> we'll tag him. Yeah. You, can, you can come on to a talk show if I have one. <laughs> You'll make one. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Liz, thank you so much. This was so much fun. Uh, this definitely brightened my day. So thank you for coming on the podcast. Oh my gosh, it was such a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Steve.